Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Kick-Ash Podcast. As always, I hope you're having a fantastic week or weekend wherever you're at. When you're listening to this, I'm so happy to be back. This is one of my favorite things to do is to sit down and talk wrestling with you guys, even though technically you are listening to me after I record this, but it's still cool to kind of talk wrestling or talk out into the void and to just hear feedback from you guys. So as always, thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys for checking out the show and downloading and listening, streaming, all that good stuff. As always, you can follow the show on Twitter at kickashpodcast underscore. You can follow me on Twitter at A-S-H-M-A-N-N-S. But today is going to be a little bit of a variety show. Um, and if I end up posting the visuals for this, uh, thank you for checking it out on YouTube as well. If not, you can always stream it from YouTube, the audio portion. And of course, with Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff. But if you guys have listened to me in the past, you're pretty familiar with that. So again, thank you so much for checking it out. We, like I said, we are going to have a little bit of a variety show here today. I'm not going to hang around too long. Just wanted to sit down and just catch up on some stuff that's kind of transpired this week. Nothing too crazy, thankfully, um, in our world. Um, But just kind of uh, catch up on what's going on, some stories that I broke recently, and kind of gearing towards WrestleMania. Um, I'm super stoked and excited for WrestleMania this year. I think it's going to be a really good weekend. Um, Of course, WrestleMania is two nights, Saturday and Sunday which I love. Um, I think it's really cool that they are continuing to go with that two-night formula. It just gives it a different vibe, you know, and a different feeling and a bigger feeling, and especially when you have the talent and the depth to substantiate a, two, you know, a, a requirement or a need for two nights, rather. Um, so, yeah, so like I said, we'll get right into it. But first, we're going to start off with AEW. There hasn't been too much going on in AEW world, but some things um, – some interesting things that I, I I personally listen to. Um, I don't know if you guys will kind of start off with this. Um, I don't know if you guys have checked out Renee Paquette's YouTube show. I think it's I think she changed it to just the sessions. Um, is the name of it now? It used to be Oral Sessions. Um, but I think she uh kind of changed the name. Um, you know, it was pretty. Uh, it was a, I think the the first uh, title Oral Sessions was pretty good, but I can understand why she may need to change it. Um. Uh, or needed to have changed it rather, but yeah, whatever. Um, if you haven't uh, checked it out, I really enjoyed that interview with her and Kenny Omega. The I'm not sure about how long ago they sat down and recorded it, but I think I watched it myself uh, within this past week. Um, I think it was like maybe 45 minutes or so in length, but it was really intriguing to me. I, um, if you guys have listened to me in the past, I was one of those newer fans to Kenny Omega when AEW first started in 2019. I had heard of him, obviously, and I did end up going back and watching the match between him and Chris Jericho um, in New Japan, of course. And Tony Khan had said in uh, some interview, I can't recall where exactly, but that was one of the, and probably numerous times at this point, uh, but that was one of the matches that kind of sparked his his idea for AEW and the want from his side to start another company. Um, so it's just really cool to think of the history and just kind of go back. And I think that match was in what, 2016 Kenny Omega and Jericho, I believe if I'm not mistaken, but regardless, it was 
it still holds up to this day. You know, it's one of those matches that, especially now looking back on the ramifications that have happened and, and kind of transpired since then, it's just really cool. Um, but with all that being said, I was one of those fans who was not that familiar with Kenny. So I was super excited for AEW, of course, for multiple reasons, but to learn who Kenny Omega is, you know, and to learn the character of Kenny Omega. Of course, I knew him as the cleaner and you heard all of his uh, monikers and, and, and nicknames and things like that, you know, and the best bout machine and all that good stuff. So I was really excited. Um, that being said, um, we'll kind of keep the AEW character progression um, or, or in my opinion, maybe, I don't want to say the lack thereof, but just I have wanted more for Kenny Omega or from Kenny Omega um, and, and not in a negative way. Like, I don't mean that in a negative aspect, I guess I should say, but I, I just want more, you know, I, I want to learn more of, of who he is on screen, you know, what, just more character development, not to be judgy <laughs> in that sense, but to, I just, I, I wanted to learn more, you know what I mean? So that long winded answer instead of to say, I really enjoyed him sitting down with Ken or sitting down with Kenny with Renee, even though it was obviously uh, probably through zoom or something. It was a virtual interview, but like I said, they probably went about 45, 50 minutes or something like that. But, I seek out those interviews and I personally enjoyed it just because I got to learn a little bit more of Kenny Omega and the ideas behind the character and, and what the, the dude, I believe is really Miss Tyson, um, which I never would have guessed, <laughs> but the, just the thoughts and, you know, and the wants and desires and the goals and, and the ambition and things like that. So if you haven't checked it out, definitely check that out. Um, Obviously, if you're a Kenny Omega fan, um, which you most likely are if you're watching this and listening to this. But with that being said, he did um, go on, obviously, to have other interviews as well regarding his future with AEW. Of course, his contract seems to be coming to an end here soon with AEW. And as of this recording, there's no extension that we, the people, have been made aware of Um or that we we know of or anything yet um, that I've I obviously did a little bit of research prior to sitting down. So haven't seen anything yet, but with that being said, I, especially after listening and watching his interview with Renee and then going off of uh, this uh, interview that he did here, which I'll kind of read off of and then give my two cents, but he sat down with, it looks like CBC's front burner, um, which I had heard of prior to this, but Shout out to them for, and shout out to RussellPierce.com for the transcription of everything as well. So I appreciate that, guys. Um, but Kenny um, spoke on the idea of going to WWE, who stated a new challenge always appeals to him, but it's all about what he feels most suited for. And that was kind of the vibe that he was going with in the uh, Renee interview as well. But he said, quote, I think at this point, anything new appeals to me and challenges also always, always appeal to me. At one point, it was one of those, if you say I can't do it, I really want to do it. Now it's not that I would say I'm older and wiser. It's more like I'm older and I could care less that it's more about what kinds of people I can reach, what kind of positive thing can I contribute and what do I even feel best suited for? Um, and then it says when I asked if the answer was maybe Omega would continue, right? I mean, again, it's all place and time. Like we haven't even reached that time yet. And, you know, being able to start this real cool thing with a lot of my, of my, my friends type of there um, and people that I respect in the industry we started this cool, this Kool-Aid thing, and here we are in Winnipeg, the place I was born, the place where I spent a chunk of time carving my teeth in professional wrestling. And it's like, what? What do I do? What would I? What would have happened if I had been satisfied with just staying in Winnipeg? What would have happened if I had that sort of old song and dance of, hey, you're nothing until you go to the yes, U.S. or 
is this what you need to strive to become or is this where you need to go if you want to be considered anything or to be considered a success or to be taken seriously? I always kind of try to find my own way or at least try to lean in the direction of where my heart is pulling me. And just right now, I'm taking things one step at a time. And with this Winnipeg show, it feels like, yeah, this is cool and this feels right. And what's next? I don't know because nothing has spoken to me. Nothing is told to me this is what you, you need to do, right? Um, <laughs> just got to love Katie Omega, right? It's just is just all over the place answer you know what i mean um it's it's and again that's why it's cool to me personally that's why i really enjoy um watching uh his interviews you know just listening to him it's it's just really really interesting but they go on to say continue to talk on his future kenny omega said that his spidey sense hasn't been triggered yet on what he'll do next which before i read his quote fucking love spider-man he's the best superhero i don't care what anyone says so i love the spidey sense <laughs> shout out there but uh, Kenny says, yeah, yeah, the Spidey sense hasn't been triggered yet. So again, one day at a time, I want to get this Winnipeg show out of the way. I want it to be as successful to the point where we can announce we're coming back because I think, because I think, I think it's really important again for us to embrace our Winnipeg wrestling culture. Um, and of course that was prior to the, uh, Winnipeg show that AEW did, which was last week. Um, I believe time is a weird concept as I always say, but, um, so yeah, so of course, that's not the Renee podcast that I was referring to, um, but it pretty much lines up to what he said there in, in Renee, well, with Renee, rather. I guys, my my opinion, I think we may be leaning towards a Kenny Omega WWE run, and I say that maybe just out of selfishness because I would love to see it, um, and not in any way of, oh, I want, I want, you know, I want him to leave AEW. I want it to be looked bad for AEW or like another EVP leaving AEW or any type of thing like that. For me personally, I can't speak for the rest of the um, wrestling community out there. Um, some interesting people out there. But um, for me, I just think it would be really intriguing. And why, who says it would even have to be like a permanent thing? Why can't he go to WWE for, I'm sure they would, um, I don't even know if they would offer him a year contract, right? I'm sure it would probably be like a, at least two to three year deal. Um, which would make sense, you know, it gives you time to get in, get the homecoming or home, not homecoming, but like that honeymoon feeling type vibe off, really get into the meat and potatoes of the schedule, working with the roster and things like that. And then to, to go from there. So I think that's why at least three years, you would be my assumption of what would be offered. Um, but again, my speculation there, but with that being said, like why? So if let's say he does go to WWE, um, whether he either be somewhat like halfway through this year or maybe at the end of this year, end of 2023, beginning of 2024. Um, I just, I think it would be cool. It wouldn't have to be a permanent thing. Like I said, he could go there for what, three years. If he likes it stays great. If he doesn't like it, I'm sure AEW will still be around go from there. So I don't know. I don't, I don't see. Yeah. And I, I, of course I, I get the perception that would be out there. Right. But to me, I think as a character and as a talent, I would really love to see what Kenny Omega can do in WWE, especially with Triple H being in charge and with a different creative direction being in charge of WWE. And yeah, of course, there was reports that Vince was backstage at the Boston show. But again, to me, until we see a drastic change on television itself, I don't see... Um, I'm not panicking. <laughs> um, I guess we'll just leave it at that in regards to Vince being back or taking any like taking charge and the creative direction or anything like that. But 
Yeah, man. I just, I don't know. I just, something in me just feels like Kenny's going to be in WWE within the next year. And like I said, um, I'm pretty confident I mentioned it on this show in the past. There's so much that he can do, right? I mean, the story with him and Cody just tells itself right there. And then imagine if MJF ends up making his way over. Um, and again, like I, I hate, and I almost even kind of feel bad speaking about this because I love AEW. I've been, I went to the first show. Like I've, I don't know. I just, I, I'm not a person who wants to see people jump ship one way or another for the negative aspect of it or anything like that. I want to say just for the story aspect, for the fan aspect, for our selfish <laughs> enjoyment, you know what I mean? And, and vice versa. Like there's tons of people that are in WWE that I would love to see in AEW, you know what I mean? And we've already gotten that. So I, yes, again, with him being an EVP, part of the elite, part of the foundation of what started AEW, I totally get the perception, but I think the the fact that you could get so much good out of it and so much story and character development and just like a real, I just, I don't know. I, I just feel like if Kenny ended up in, in WWE, I just feel like they would know what to do with him. I feel like Triple H would know what to do. I feel like it'd be one of those things where like they would mutually sit down and Triple H or whoever the, I'm so obviously Triple H would be involved, but whoever would be involved there, they would just sit down a small group and just, okay, explain what you think Kenny Omega is and explain to us what Kenny Omega is and then just kind of bounce ideas off of each other and just give Kenny not even bullet points, but just maybe just like a title, you know, and say, this is this is what we want and this is like our idea and just have him go do his thing. Um, I just think it'd be really cool. And I think, especially like I said, in the Renee interview, he was saying how, and even with this, how he wants, how the next thing is what really excites him now. I feel like, he's most mostly done everything in AEW. He's been the champion. He's had a great baby face on a great heel run. And I, yeah, we could have probably gotten a little bit more out of, out of both, but I think for right now, and I mean, he's already become the trios champions twice. Now um, we've had his match with Brian Danielson. We've had so much from Kenny. And of course there's still a shit ton that he can do right in AEW. I'm not writing him off. Um, we're saying that he should be run off or anything like that, but I just, I don't know. I feel like now it's not now or never, but now is a really amp time to go. Um, so yeah, that's my two cents with Kenny Omega. Um, and again, I, I'm pretty confident I've already spoken about it in the past, but uh, with that interview coming out and then a article coming out regarding their non-compete clauses and their contracts, which I was really interested in, in finding out about. So we'll migrate into that next topic, but because it obviously kind of, kind of plays in, not directly, but if and when Kenny, because and the thing with the non-compete clauses is it, you have to be fired, right, or uh, quit during the while your contract is still still in effect. If your contract expires or runs out, it doesn't kick in because that that's not the point of it. Um, but it's reported, I believe it was by Fightful. Let me double check. I'm reading my report off of Russell Pierce, of course, but I believe it was first broken. Oh no, it was with Andrew Zarin. So shout out to Andrew. Um, but uh, Russell Peters stated um, they just went back on the history again. Dynamite's inception was October of 2019. Um, just kind of going back to the beginning of that, but oh, it was so fightful. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, the Andrew Zarian is my next article for you guys, which I thought was uh, pretty interesting as well, which obviously it will get to in a second. Um, but they stated that on January 5th earlier this year, the Federal Trade Commission, which I remember, which is 
but first kind of put the seed I thought in my mind, like I wonder like how AEW contracts are built because we haven't really heard much. Obviously, you know, they're what three and a half years around at this point, but we still don't know much about it, which again is none of my business. I'm just uh curiosity, right? Kill the cat type thing. But um the Federal Trade Commission proposed a ruling to ban non-compete clauses in all labor contracts, which of course would affect uh the independent contractors, which are wrestlers. <laughs> it's still mind-blowing to me they're not employees. Um but apparently Five Full Select reported that AEW is uh, does not have actual non-compete clauses. They stated based on the contracts that Fightful has seen within AEW and numerous talent they have spoken to, there aren't any non-compete clauses attached to many of them. Well, many of them, so maybe there's a handful. Non-competes are standard in WWE deals with main rosters lasting 90 days and NXTs lasting a general 30 days. However, All Elite Wrestling doesn't seem to have any. So that, of course, was reported by Fightful. And the transcription I'm reading from is from Russell Pierce. So again, shout out to all you guys. Um, but they go on to say when Fightful added, or Fightful then added to this statement that when they asked AEW sources for further information, they were told that the company doesn't typically release talent anyway unless there's a special request or a necessity for disciplinary measures, and thus non-compete clauses haven't been a priority, which just spoke on non-compete clauses effectively extend the life of an expiring contract. However, these often require the talent to agree to the terms. In terms of few of the few examples we have to analyze thus far, Fightful were told that it's generally been a case-by-case -case basis for AEW. They do go on to say one high-profile example of non-compete potentially coming into play on the AEW side of things could affect CM Punk, with Fightful noting that everyone they spoke to within the company believes they'd likely that he'd likely to restrict from that was a typo there, but he'd likely essentially be restricted to, from joining WWE for a period of time should he be released from his AEW contract. Um, so yeah, so I mean, obviously, if the FTC uh, makes a ruling and um, to ban non-compete clauses, WWE can't fight that shit. So it'd be very, very interesting, and yeah, it's just really interesting. I think is the best word for that um, in the future to see what happens. You know. We could go back to the Nitro days where we see one dude showing up, for instance, maybe on a Sunday pay-per-view, and then the next day showing up on Monday Night Raw or vice versa showing up on Raw one Monday and then traveling Tuesday and then showing up on Dynamite on Wednesday. Um, again, I probably won't because that may ruffle some feathers. <laughs> um, but again, maybe not because your, your contract is over with. You know, you're not doing anything wrong, but the implication of that, you know what I mean? Like back in the day when Lex Luger did it, um, it's it's the perception again perception probably being the keyword here tonight but um yeah so it's just really interesting i'm very very intrigued to see what stems and and comes from that um and again that was back in january so we haven't heard any updates since but it's what only march now so we shall see but wrapping up with the aew portion of things here we have another um Kind of big announcement, which I'm sure I'm surprised rather wasn't a major announcement um, or major breaking news or anything. But they, um, again, Russell Pierce, shout out to them for the transcription, states that All, All Elite Wrestling has, um, this was what I was reading earlier, um, they have been on our TV every Wednesday night um, since Dynamite's inception, stating or going back to October 2019, the show's AEW's flagship program, which obviously we all know. Now it appears if AEW, as if rather, AEW and Warner Brothers Discovery are interested in adding another hour of wrestling to the weekly schedule, 
first reported by Andrew Zarian. So that's where he gets his credit out. Shout out to Andrew. Um, the proposed third hour show or third AEW show rather will be similar to a rampage in that it will have a runtime of one hour. In terms of time and day, Zarian had took to Twitter to leave a possible hint suggesting that Saturdays was a likely option for the show. So if that ends up being the case, then we would have what Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday for AEW. And then, of course, with their AEW All Access, which I believe will be following immediately after Dynamite, what, March 29th, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have my calendar pulled up. Uh-huh. Yeah, which is not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday. Um, and I believe that's when Adam Cole is making his in-ring return, um, if I'm not mistaken, as well, on that Dynamite prior to the All Access show. So we shall see. Um, for me, I don't, I don't know, guys. I'm, I'm kind of, for me, in, in one aspect, I'm really excited for it because it, and it's a good sign, right? It shows that AEW and Warner Brother have a strong, uh, relationship and a strong foundation there. So, I mean, I, I'm pretty confident a network wouldn't offer you more TV program if they are on the, um, way out with you, you know what I mean? Or just not happy with ratings or anything like that. So obviously that's a good sign in that regard, but, and I am happy. So we'll get some pros out of the way. <laughs> I am happy. It's not an additional third hour to dynamite. I think for whatever reason, just that third hour um, straight of a wrestling show, which uh, CC raw is just a killer. You know what I mean? It's just knowing that you have that third hour just to drag on. And that's what it is. It's drag. Even if it's a really good episode, it's like, you're still dedicating three hours of your life every week. Uh, and it's just, it's too much. It's just too much. Um, so I'm happy it's not an, an extension of Dynamite. So, and it, look, we're not obligated to watch. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, no one is holding a gun to us saying, hey, you have to watch this show. As If you're an AEW fan or anything like that. You know what I mean? So I think it'd be cool. You know, if we get an additional, if it's a special command on Saturday, that'd be a, a cool little hour show. If it's what... It'd be, I think there was rumors that Saturday at 6.05, like uh, old WCW shows and, and NWA shows back in the day. Um, I wouldn't want to do that because the NWA does already do that or did that in the past. So just kind of leave that alone. But, hey, still do a Saturday show. Maybe do, what, it, 6 would be kind of, I don't know, 6 would maybe be fine, but don't do 6.05. It's just, just a little too cute there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, unless it's going to be like an afternoon show. Um, but I could see probably being either six or eight. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's again, it's what I have asked for this. Probably not, but I mean, it does give the talent that are on the roster, another pro, uh, more time, you know, more development, more opportunity, especially with their house show or yeah, their house shows that they're doing now. And I think they just did their first one last week if I'm not mistaken. So I don't know. It's, it's a good sign, right? Like I said, it's a good sign that the networks are happy with AEW and especially Warner Brother. Cause I think that it's a great fit for them in AEW. I think they're, that's the perfect station um, between TNT and TBS for them. So we'll see. Um, a lot of uh, fans that I, I, I kind of saw on Twitter just were kind of negative about it. Just saying, Oh, the last thing we need is more like more like wrestling to watch. But yeah, I guess it could be true in a lot of ways. But again, like I said, no one's forcing you to watch it. You know what I mean? It's it's just, it's a, a pro for AEW and a positive for AEW. So I'm here for it. You know what I mean? Like I said earlier, I I want all wrestling companies to thrive. I think that's that should be what we want as fans. 
whether or not you're going to watch everything that's put out. And look, it is, we are overloaded to the max. You know what I mean? Like there's going to be programmed literally on every day at this point during the week. So just don't watch. If, if you don't, if you don't want to watch it or you're not excited about it or you think it's too much, just don't watch my dude. Just carry on with whatever you're going to do in your everyday life. You know what I mean? But I'm happy for AEW and I think that's a good sign. Um, but with that being said, we will shift over to the WWE portion of things. We'll kind of get into the WrestleMania news, which obviously is is the big talking points going in. I think we're, what, two weeks out now? Yeah, about two weeks out from WrestleMania, which is fucking crazy. Uh, a little over two weeks out. So we'll start with the additions and the announcements for the Hall of Fame, which, of course, is being headlined by Rey Mysterio, which is really cool. Um, they were, it was Rey Mysterio, huh, Rey Mysterio and Grey Muda announced going into the Hall of Fame this year um, with a still name, a few names still to be added, rather. The, I believe, yeah, it was confirmed that Conan will be the one doing the induction for Rey Mysterio. I saw some report earlier today, which I didn't read the actual article, but there was rumors that there were still um, negotiations going on between Conan and WWE for the induction of Rey, so... Not sure if that's true or not, um, but if that's the case, I hope they get that worked out because we're not that far out. You know what I mean? But just pausing real quick on the Ray induction, I fucking can't wait to see what Dominic does at the Hall of Fame. They have to do something. Him and, and Rhea have to do something. Um, whether that's the final straw that sets up the official match at WrestleMania, which, if I'm not mistaken, the Hall of Fame is going to be like the Thursday or Friday before um the wrestlemania weekend so that's kind of waiting to the last minute i mean yeah fans we already uh, us fans already know it's pretty much a given but i don't know if that's pushing it too far but regardless whether if that's what is the final straw me personally i think it's morbid as it sounds i think dom should do something to either his mother or his sister because we've seen both of them on tv WWE tv in the past specifically and his sister um uh, blanking on her i think it's Aaliyah. i think her name is Aaliyah. Uh, she was involved in the past. She remember was the unofficial girlfriend to Buddy Murphy, which is kind of ironic to think about now because, um, just seeing Dominic and Rhea together now and Rhea and Buddy are together in real life. It's just like, <laughs> it's really, I just thought about that. Um, <laughs> it's just kind of funny anyway. Um, but yeah, I just think, especially with what they've been doing on every holiday, like it would be. I would be shocked at this point if Rhea and Dom don't do something at the Hall of Fame ceremony, which is just going to be so perfect because it they've protected the Hall of Fame and kind of kept the prestige and just the seriousness of it and just the fact that no storylines are ever advanced or anything like that, like or no angles are, are had at the um, event itself. I think that would make it that much more impactful. And I, I'm just so here for it. I'm so excited, like, just thinking about it here now. Um and Dom has been my MVP. Dom has been, he has been quite the surprise in the just, I don't even want to say guilty pleasure because I'm I'm not, I don't even feel guilty about it. Like, dude is just great. Like, I, he's one of my favorite parts of every show that he's on. And I love that he's on SmackDown now as well. I love that Rhea Ripley is still his mommy, right? And still attached to him and they're still doing their own thing. But she's doing her own thing too. She's still being her own badass and she's going for the championship against Charlotte Flair. And I love just a couple of weeks ago how we saw the interaction between Dominic and, and Charlotte and just that dynamic there, just with their family history and both being what second and yes, yeah, second generation stars. 
um that's really cool and just really something fun to play off of so i'm just here for everything dominic uh ria and and, and charlotte as well i think charlotte has been doing a very very good job and on her return and playing her role you know and i think Charlotte is another one of those people who gets a lot of shit for whatever reason. Um, well, for reasons we all know, but it's just kind of stupid at this point because people act like she sucks in the ring. You know what I mean? Like, granted, there are, I guess, a couple things, but like, who are we to say she sucks in the ring, first of all? You know what I mean? And yeah, if there's a spot where like she maybe doesn't connect, like shit happens. You know what I mean? Like, there's shit that I do every day on a daily basis that doesn't connect. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. It's just bonkers to me how but yeah if it's if it's like she's injuring people or she's not safe in the ring and shit like that then yeah that's a whole other conversation right but chick is hella talented she's she has the, the family lineage she i don't know she's just she's great in the ring and she's good on the mic like i don't i don't understand the just the the hate there but that's a whole other topic for a different day um but with that being said i Wrapping it back to the Hall of Fame, I think they would be remiss to not do anything with Dom and Ray at the Hall of Fame ceremony. Um, yeah, I, I would be shocked if they did it. So here, putting that in the universe, which I'm sure other people have already talked on, um, and it's nothing like, oh my god, like, like how, like you, I can't believe we thought of that. Like it's pretty obvious. I feel like at this point, so uh, I can't wait for that. So any of y'all going to the Hall of Fame, y'all are probably in for a real treat this year. Um, but moving back to the uh, actual inductees this year, a lot of people had expected uh, this year for Batista to go in, but it doesn't look like he's going to be able to based on some scheduling conflict. Um, and another name that was reported to go into the year or to go in this year was Stacey Keebler. Apparently they claim she's one of the biggest female stars of the Attitude Era and also a Divas legend, which, yeah, she is, a, I guess, a Divas legend, I guess. Um I don't know why, but the first thing that stood out to me, or the first thought, rather, was her in, in the Dudley Boys. I think the Duchess of Dudleyville, if you guys remember that. Um, she just it just really rounded them out very well, and I think she was really cool with them. Um, but one of the biggest female stars of the Attitude Era, that kind of like, ah, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, definitely, a, I guess, a legend, you know, quote-unquote, for all intents and purposes of the word. So, I... I mean, and Tori Wilson is in there, so it would just makes sense, right? So I, I, that's not really that surprising to me. I almost just kind of makes sense, you know what I mean? Um, but I don't believe as of this reporting it has been confirmed yet. But they also, let's see. Yeah, it looks like that's all we have listed as of right now. Of course, we in the Great Moodle, like I mentioned earlier. Um, but I'm surprised they haven't actually listed more names yet, which we'll probably get some more tonight on Monday Night Raw um, which would be really exciting, but I, for me, the Hall of Fame this year is just, is made for Ray and Dom, so I, I, I can't wait to see that, and just to see the disgust that's going to be on his mom's face, because you know she's probably going to be front row, if not front row, like the first few rows, uh, so it's just, uh, I just can't fucking wait, I just can't fucking wait, guys, but with that being said, we will continue with the WrestleMania talk here and another gentleman that you guys may have heard of his name is john cena he has uh been in the news this this uh week i believe it was this past week rather and i was actually kind of surprised by his comments so we'll kind of get into that really quick um john cena was asked about his feelings uh, that he has regarding vince mcmahon considering the sexual misconduct allegations that surfaced and resurfaced last year again uh, 
when everyone lost their mind because Vince was backstage at Raw in Boston a couple weeks ago. It was reported that he was there just to see John and to see maybe a couple other people, but him and John are really close. So in Boston, all you guys are aware, but it's not, the, of course, if you're not in the U.S., you wouldn't. But all of us uh, Americans out here, uh, if you aren't aware, Boston isn't that far from Connecticut, guys. So it's not really that shocking that Vince would want to make a trip <laughs> to go see John and to see people that he probably hasn't seen in X amount of months. Um yeah, he was sitting in the gorilla position because where the fuck else is he going to sit? It's not like he would have an office. I mean, I'm sure they can obviously clear out a space for him, right? But I don't know. Like, we're, I don't know. Like, to me, it's just, it's really uh, intriguing the shit that people get bent out of shape for. And look, if it turns out he is back in creative power and he has been the entire time, then yeah, I'll come on here and, and say I was an idiot and, you know, talk shit about that. Talk shit about myself and whatever. But I don't know. Like, I'm just not freaking out about that. And like I said earlier, until I see something that warrants a oh my god Vince is back type of shift in creative I I just I'm not I'm I ain't scared I ain't scared guys um but with that being said John Cena was asked about his feelings like I said regarding the Vince McMahon sexual misconduct allegations that surfaced last year and with Vince stepping down during a recent interview it looks like with the Associated Press he was asked if it had been hard to reconcile reconcile rather his feelings that he has for Vince considering the allegations that are out there and John Cena said the following. He said, quote, no, it's not hard to reconcile the feelings that I have for Vince with the allegations against him. I mean, everyone has the right to have their perspective. I have the right to have mine. When you love somebody, you take them as imperfectly perfect as they are. We all make mistakes. We all have poor decisions. Lord knows I've made my collection of poor choices. That doesn't mean I'm not going to love somebody. There's no way I can go on record and say I don't love Vince McMahon. He was also asked about the fact that WWE could potentially be on the market amidst reports of the company being for sale, which we'll touch on in a second as well. John Cena says, quote, that's way above my pay grade. I just don't know what's going on with that. I love Vince McMahon. He's everything you could want in a great friend, business partner, father, mentor. Uh, mentor. I love the man, but his business dealings are his business and what he shares with me, that's between us. But I don't know what's going on with the corporate structure in the WWE or the creative direction of the WWE. But when I'm there as a performer, it's WWE Champion Roman Reigns show. In my mind, he needs to be in the conversation. And in my mind, he's the greatest of all time, which was so fucking random. <laughs> that, that answer was so random. Um, and the they go on to say, um, when John was asked about why he came back to feud with Austin Theory, he would go on to explain that he didn't pick him and he was simply told that he would, that simply told that would be the feud he would be doing. He says, quote, you'd be surprised at my answer because that's what I was told would happen. I don't do that. I don't say I want to do this. I want to work with that person. I don't ever do that. I've never done that. I just try to do what I'm told to do and to do it to the best of my abilities. Instead of dictating my terms, I often just try to make the to make the performance the best it can be. What I don't do and what I've never done is carry the direction of the narrative. I don't pick opponents, but I love to tell stories. I didn't pick Austin Theory, but I certainly spoke from the heart on Raw. And if you guys saw what he said and what came from the heart on Raw, that was uh, people have said demoralizing to Austin Theory. Um, but he essentially tore him down. It's very similar to uh, what happened between him and Roman Reigns back in, what, 2015, I believe it was, um, and how he just decimated Reigns on the mic. And then now look at Roman Reigns now. Again, not saying that that's what's going to happen with Theory, but... I'm a fan of Theory. I'm in the ballpark that Theory is going to be a big deal 
um, in the next few years. Uh, I don't whether he he becomes the actual champion in the next few years or not. I think he's going to be a main event guy. I I just there's just something about him it, to me, um, which I makes it kind of even more surprising to me that a lot of people aren't on the bandwagon with him. And maybe I'm just I don't know, maybe uh, just giving him too much credit, but I, something about him, just something about theory just stands out to me and just, just kind of like grabs onto me. So I'm here for him. I'm, I'm here for theory. Um, I'm very interested to see how it plays out with him and Cena um, and to see how theory gets his revenge on Cena. I'd be very shocked if, if Cena wins at WrestleMania. Um, but I think, the follow-up specifically, and especially on that Raw after Mania, since, especially since Cena brought that up specifically um, with the Theory pro promo, I think that's that's going to be key. I think that's going to be a big, pivotal moment. Um, so we'll see. But in regards to what Cena had to say about Vince McMahon, um, look, John Cena has his right, like he said, to have his own perspective and his own opinion. Uh, that's not necessarily my opinion, but look, I, know, I don't know Vince, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't know him as a human being. I have never met him. Um, yeah, I, I, where he says that, you know, we all make mistakes, we all have poor decision, decisions, Lord knows I've made my collection of, of poor choices. That bad though? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. And to me, it's a sticky subject. I'm surprised he even said all that. I probably would have said no comment. You know what I mean? Um, if I was specifically John Cena. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm surprised he even touched on it and with regards or yeah, with him in regards to the WWE potentially being on the market, his answer was just all over the place. He goes back to saying he loves Vince McMahon. They don't discuss the corporate side of things. And if he did, that's between them. And then he's there when he is there as a performer, it's about Roman Reigns show. He's the champion and it needs to be about him. And he's the greatest of all time. Like, no one even know what asked about Roman Reigns. Like, where the fuck did he come from? They they wanted to know what you thought about the sale of the WWE and the potential sale of the WWE. No, no, nothing about Roman Reigns. Like, what? <laughs> and nothing about Vince, for that matter. Like, I mean, get that makes sense. You know, Vince obviously is the owner, so it makes sense why you would mention him. But like, where the fuck did Roman Reigns come from? <laughs> like, but when I'm there as a performer, it's WWE champion Roman Reigns show. In my mind, he needs to be in the conversation, and in my mind, he's the greatest of all time. Well, okay, great. Like, I don't know. He, I think Cena has said the same thing about Brock Lesnar in the past, too, about Cena or about Lesnar being the greatest of all time. So, I don't know, man. It was just really fucking random, that last part to me. It just kind of, like, tickled me for whatever reason. But, um, yeah, you know, whatever. John Cena has his right to his own opinion, just like we all do. And I, I respect him for even commenting on it. Like I said, I'm surprised he did. I would have expected him to say, like, a no comment. But he did. And, and kudos to him for having an opinion and actually talking and, and mentioning and just i guess addressing it i should say um but the last topic that we have up here before we um go over the lineup that we have so far for wrestlemania is just um finishing up on the uh potential bids and potential buyers rather for the purchase of wb as a company um there's rumors and reports that um potential buyers are set to uh, meet in april which obviously after wrestlemania and to kind of get the ball rolling after the WrestleMania and looks like in preparations for the first round bid. So probably really soon after WrestleMania, I would say probably within the next or the week or two after we'll probably start hearing some more rumors and more heavy speculation of potential buyers. 
I'm I'm very scared if Saudi Arabia were to be one of them. And again, we'll we'll dive into that. But if that does become a a, a very serious thing, um, but yeah, guys, this this thing. That's why again, I was really surprised that a lot of reputable sources and and news news sites, I guess rather, <clears throat> excuse me, jumped on the on the bait last what, a couple months ago. If if that when there was rumors that Saudi Arabia had purchased them and it was gonna be they were gonna announce it the following morning, like this is a billion dollar publicly traded company. Like this shit isn't just gonna happen overnight. Like there's a lot that goes into it, a lot that I don't even know. And I'm not gonna, gonna sit here and pretend to know, but like even I know, like shouldn't just gonna happen overnight. So we'll see. But again, I am I am on the boat as well that I am very, very scared for what wrestling as a whole looks like if the Saudi Arabian government were to purchase WWE. Um but like I said, we'll we'll get into all that if and when that does become a more heavier possibility. Um but with that being said guys, the last thing I wanted to wrap up on here before we go is just the updated lineup for WrestleMania and, and what we have so far. Shout out to ProWrestling.net for the updated lineup that we have. Um, but as of right now, WWE is advertising the following matches for WrestleMania 39, which will be held on Saturday, April 1st, and Sunday, April 2nd in Inglewood, California at SoFi Stadium. Of course, with the headline of most likely night two, we have Roman Reigns, your WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion, defending against the Royal Rumble winner, Cody Rhodes, Charlotte Flair, which facing off against Ray Ripley for the SmackDown Women's Championship. That's rumored to be possibly main eventing night one, but for me, I don't I don't see that. I could see a match that I'll touch on here in a second. Um, Bianca Belair facing off against Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. That's definitely not headlining WrestleMania. Austin Theory facing off against John Cena for the U.S. Championship. Gunther versus Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus for the Intercontinental Championship, which is going to be fucking amazing and probably the match of the weekend. Uh, that's just going to be... I. I feel for them already. I just, I, I hurt for them already. Um, next, we have Edge facing off against Finn Balor in a Hell in a Cell match, which would be really cool to see SL returning to WrestleMania. I think the last one was WrestleMania 32, if I'm not mistaken, between Undertaker and Shane in Dallas, I think. Uh, so we'll, that'd be pretty cool to see. We have Seth Rollins facing off against Logan Paul, which would be a really good match as well. I mean, Seth Rollins is fucking Seth Rollins, and Logan Paul is very good in the ring. People can't shit on him. For his athletic ability, you know, say what you want about the dude, but dude is very athletic and very talented. So that's gonna be a really good match, and I'm I'm really I'm, I'm looking forward to that one too. Next one, I don't really know if I can say the same. Brock Lesnar versus Omos. Uh, this match is booked just to see Brock Lesnar potentially give Omos the F5 and see if he can actually do it, which is intriguing. I'll give them that. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Next up, we have Becky Lynch, Trish Stratus, and Lita facing off against Damage Control, which is, of course, Bailey, Eosky, and Dakota Kai. That'd be a, a fun match just for nostalgia purposes. Um, I'm really happy, happy Bailey is getting included, um, and they just have something to do on the card. Uh, next, we have Braun Strowman and Ricochet facing off against Alpha Academy, which is Chad Gable and Otis. Versus the Street Profits, which, is, of course, is Montez Ford and Angela Dawkins. Versus the Viking Raiders, which... Of course, is Eric and Ivar in a four-way tag team showcase, which I don't really know why. Uh, we also have Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan facing off against three teams to be determined in a fatal or four, a four-way women's four-way tag team showcase. Whew, say that five times fast. 
Um, WWE also announced the men's four-way tag team showcase match on Monday, so that's when that was uh, officially made a thing. The Miz will be the host of WrestleMania 39, and they just wanted to say that Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes will be held on Sunday. And Logan Paul announced that his match with Seth Rollins will be held on Saturday. The other matches have not been assigned a day, a day as of right now. Um, but also what is most likely going to be confirmed this week is going to be what I think she main event WrestleMania night one. And that being Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens facing off against the Usos for the uh, WWE undisputed. What are they called? WWE tag team champions. Is it undisputed? WWE undisputed tag team champions. It would make sense because they have Raw and SmackDown. So I'm going to call it that. Um, but that just makes sense to me. I think that with the strength of the storyline of the bloodline for however long it's been now and just how beautifully woven both main events are and how beautiful both are tied together. I think that it would be, it's like a no brainer. And this is coming from a female, I, just because you have two WrestleMania nights doesn't mean that the women have to main event one night, unless it's obviously, if it's a given, if this was WrestleMania 35, absolutely. Absolutely. The women should main event. Um, in not even saying that there's not time for maybe like Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair to get a little bit more steam in main event night one, that'd be fucking, I'd be stoked. You know, I think, like I said, I think they very easily could, but with that tag team match, I just feel like now's, now's the time to, to get a, a good tag team championship match in the main event at WrestleMania. So I just, I feel like that's it. And I feel like Charlotte, Charlotte, what the fuck? I feel like I combine them. Charlotte Flair and Rhea should open night one. I think they would be a good, uh, a great match to open the show. I think if you don't want to close the show, you want to open the show. So that's what, that's what I would do personally. Have them open night one, get the night going on the right pace, have Rhea win, go over and be the champion, have that great celebration, that great feel good moment, and then just fucking go from there. So that's my, Early prediction for the WrestleMania lineup so far. Um, I guess match order, rather. Um, and that's just our weekly recap, guys. I wanted to sit down and do something. It's been a little bit. And I thank you guys so much for sticking around and for checking out the show. If I end up posting this on YouTube, I appreciate you guys for watching it. Um, just wherever you listen to it, wherever you check it out. I really appreciate it. And until next time, guys, I hope you have an awesome week.